Hey, everybody. Today, my guest is former California judge and current family court attorney, Deanne Salcedo. I was going to do a bunch of judge puns and law puns, but I couldn't think of any really good ones, so I'm skipping them. She was the youngest Latina judge ever appointed to judge in California. We talk about her ascension to judgeship or judgedom, judgehood, and the conflict she had while serving. We hear about how she tried to do it her way and stand up for the little guy. We talk about some cases, some sentencing, and as usual, some nonsense. So sit down, strap in, turn on and turn up this jurisprudence episode of Tony on Mike. Our story begins as these stories often do. I go, you got hoochie shoes you on. You said hoochie shoes in court? I said hoochie shoes in court. And when our children tell our story, and when, when our, our children do. Yeah. And that's why her mom was like, thank you, Jesus. How she called you Jesus? <laughs> well, she was out loud in the court. She was like, amen, my prayers have been answered. No control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I can't. When she goes, hello. <laughs> so you want a, See, you want a happy movie? I want a happy movie. Story, story. That one was just sad. Well, yeah, obviously, we're talking gourmet this. food here. Right, I, right. I know my my M and M. It's the person, and if you have contacts in the movie industry, and you want to make a movie about a whistleblowing boxing judge who said hoochie shoes in court, <laughs> we got your we got your subject. I want to cut. I have to say, that's the most amazing story I ever heard. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product. My name is Tony Lawrence, and this is Tony on the Mic. Today, my guest. I know to you, I may look old. Hope this statement ain't too bold, but here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Former judge. Here comes the judge. Here comes... How many times have you heard that? A million? A few. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And... <laughs> Deanne Salcedo, say hi to the folks, Deanne. Hey, everybody. And uh, she is now helping women get back at men because she hates men. What? No. <laughs> Not at all. No, you work in family court lawyer. Is that an accurate summation? Yeah, I'm a family court lawyer, family okay. law. Family law. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just kidding about the men hating stuff. <laughs> and then, <laughs> let's uh, let's take a little walk down Deanne Avenue. Let's see where it starts. It, uh, you went to uh, born in National City. Yes, Patrick I'm a Henry City High girl. School. Mm-hmm. And what did you do in high school? Were you a jock, a nerd, a band? Uh... I was a nerd. Um, and my only claim to fame is I did do dance production. Okay, but I was totally a nerd. Really? Okay. Yeah. And it says you hung with a riffraff. Oh yeah, I love riffraff. Now, how did you how did you get great grades and be an honor student and hang out with riffraff? Because um, my mom taught me to work hard and play hard. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> all right, and then you went to Wellesley College. Yes, Wellesley's is an all girls school in Massachusetts. Oh wow! I thought it I thought it was back east. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to presume. And then you finished up at UCSD, the law school. Yes, I didn't realize how much I like football until I didn't have a football team. Oh, no. And didn't Wells- know how Wellesley much. doesn't have a football team. No, and they have lots of snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My family back that. in the Boston area, and I love to visit for short periods of time. At certain seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then come home to what we have here. Oh, my God. Can't yeah. beat it. Now, after you were a, a high school AP nerd and you went to college, do you feel like you kind of grew into yourself? Do you ever, like, you went 
cross country to go to college? Did you did you consciously make any like I, a couple times in my life? I changed, you know, I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to be this guy. Did you change anything? In your... If I'm honest with you, the reason I went to Boston is because my older sister went to college in Minnesota. And you want to go so further? So there's some competition okay. <laughs> issues that remain unresolved. Oh, no. Get her over here. We'll have, yeah. an, we'll have an Olympics. <laughs> we'll settle this thing once and for all. And then UCLA Law School. Now, there's many steps. At what point did you say, "I want to be a judge"? Versus, or did you, or did you want to be a lawyer first, and then decided you were going to be a judge after you became a lawyer? Yeah, remember that nerd part? Yeah. Okay. Well, I really did start reading my dad's law books. He was studying law school at oh, night. Wow. And I really did read his law school huh. books at age eight. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It says it took you to court a couple times. And... Yeah, I fell in love after that. I had a fever. My mom couldn't pick me up. My dad did. He had to go testify. Um, he was an undercover investigator for the city attorney's office. Oh, wow. While he was going to law school. Right. And I just sat in the courtroom while he testified. And I was hooked. Wow, and then uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, that kind of... movie. You know, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> got totally screwed over by the judge. But you're the guy. You're you're for the women, folks. No, I'm not. I Stop know, saying I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for justice. Justice, yes. That uh, we're gonna get into that yeah. a little later. But I, I I wish more people were less biased. You know, I wish more people would entertain notions and be out for the truth or be out for justice or be out for whatever instead of out to try and win a social media argument or something you know or a court case that's one of my problems with the law is that there's an emphasis on winning your case which i get but by the same token like a defense attorney if you know your guy's guilty you're entitled to full representation i don't but it's hard you know that's the part i would wrestle with like i i couldn't be a lawyer because i don't think i could represent anybody who i really believed was guilty and i don't think i could live with myself if i got someone who i thought was innocent convicted and went to jail i i couldn't emotionally recover from that it's a dilemma i mean when i was going to law school i did intern for the public defender's office in okay. orange county and I knew after that that I could not make a career out of it. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the child molestation cases. Oh, no. um, so that's how I knew that. But uh, divorce is a different kind of animal. And I, I have to agree with you. It really shouldn't have any winners and losers. Right, right. And, and anybody who should win should be the kids. Yes, and that's it, you know. the system pits the the parents right, right. against each yeah. other and the kids end up being ping pong balls or leverage and it's just not cool and the attorneys win right right somebody wins the attorneys win yes and always. um i try yeah. to tell my clients that you know you can pay me or right. we can settle <laughs> or work it out. right the only one guaranteed is out. me so. yeah. yeah exactly you're like the house in, in a casino yeah. The casino's always going to You might win a little bit here and there. You might do okay. But I'm going to win as a casino all the time. Yeah, because I don't work if I don't get paid usually. Right. So <laughs> Let's see. One of the best answers I ever got to marital status was 2.5 divorces. You want to explain, <laughs> explain that? Well, I'm not prepared to say it was three because the last one didn't make it to one year. 
Oh, got it. Got it. So it, it, was it an annulment? We'll call it a mistake. Yeah, it was a okay. mistake. It was um, something like those Hollywood marriages where people have been oh. together for years, live yeah, together for right. years, and then they get married and, and suddenly you're like, some... who is this person? Wow. It was like that. That's crazy. And now, though, this is another. Yeah, there's some there's some answers that we're going to talk about on your on the pre-show and but this one in particular touched me it says he makes me feel like i lied to everyone else i ever said i love you to so true that i mean is... i am a badass at work don't mess with me don't get <laughs> in my way but when it comes to richard he turns me to butter uh, I, I hope he's gonna listen to this <laughs> i don't know he, he might. will you better i need the listens i need <laughs> yeah. to i'll make sure he does <laughs> he didn't have to listen just right before it. my birthday <laughs> yeah just make sure he downloads it okay right, i don't care yeah. if he actually listens <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> but i hope he would i mean it seems like he'd be interested in something that you know that you're doing let's see you also had a kid with no painkillers the first time around yeah why? i didn't know because i didn't <laughs> by the time it hurt they were like oh no dear you're ready to push it's too late <laughs> Yeah. So a second one, I assume you got oh, geared up properly. I knew I had to ask before it hurt. <laughs> right, right. Get, get in at the ground floor. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I thought maybe you know, you're trying to prove something or achieve no. something. No. Good. I just have high to pain tolerance. And mm, yeah. No. I. I think I have a high pain tolerance too, but I don't ever test it, especially <laughs> with something yeah, like childbirth. I had nothing to prove. I just didn't know how bad it was gonna hurt. Yeah. And then. They're like, no, dear. Too late. How was it? A long labor at that point, or did it go pretty smoothly yeah. after? Um, my water broke in the morning, and he was born at three thirty in the afternoon. So okay, that's not horrible. Pretty yeah. standard. Yeah. Okay, so how old were you when you became a lawyer? I was November nineteen eighty nine, so I was twenty four. Twenty four. Wow. And you actually at twenty four started trying cases, and yeah. And did you work for a firm? Did you work? Now, my dad's a lawyer, and okay. he gave me the best advice, which was before I worked for him or anybody, go learn how to do a trial. Okay. And his theory was that way no one could ever force me to settle a case that wasn't in my client's best interest okay. because I was afraid to go to trial. Right. Right. And you'd be surprised how many lawyers are afraid really? to go to trial. So I cut my teeth on trials. I was a DA okay. in Los Angeles County. Oh, okay. And I just was in the courtroom Monday through Friday. And my job was just to be in court and advocate, advocate, advocate. Wow. Now, it said when you were 30, you set up a plan to get to the bench by 40. Yeah. And you beat that goal by three years. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm still very proud of that. Uh, I actually put a file together. And every time... I had a good document that I prepared or something that I knew I would put on my application. I put it in that file and it came in very handy. So, because, so yeah. applying for a judge is kind of like applying for a job? Yeah, I it's mean, a you, big you process. It can take weeks or months if you're not ready. Uh -huh. You really have to you have to identify everybody, all the judges you've appeared in front for like the last five years, all your opposing counsel for the last five years. Wow. It's a list of people that you mm. have to give contact information, case names, everything. Hmm. And then who decides? 
Well, it depends on how you like if you're applying to be a judge like I did, it's considered more prestigious and it's ultimately up to the governor of the state of California. Wow. Yeah. Okay. After you've gone through so many local committees, then state committees, and then a vetting process. So who was governor when you was it Wilson Schwarzenegger? It was um Gray Davis. Oh, Gray Davis, okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's cool. Interesting thing about that is when he got elected, I hadn't applied yet. I just knew I was going to. Right. And I knew based upon his tenure when I would be applying, he'd be the governor. And I went to San Diego downtown for some celebration parade. And I said to myself when I saw him walk by, I said, you don't you. know it yet, but you're <laughs> going to make me a judge. Did you actually say that? or you to, Just to myself. Okay. okay. And I would do that in courtrooms. I'd be like, well, when I'm a judge, I'm going to put the artwork over here. And I would just visualize and <laughs> nice. just, I spoke it out. See so. it, believe it, achieve yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a big, big fan. And it said you were the youngest Latina in the state? Yes, ever appointed. And to this day, I still believe I still am the youngest ever appointed. 37 yes wow that's uh that's crazy and now forgive me if i don't get my latina yeah latina okay so were there younger latinos no i don't believe so but i'm a latina no i don't believe so okay yeah i I mean the 37 is young for anybody yeah that's what i was thinking yeah but i didn't know if it was like youngest woman or youngest? No, I believe there had been one uh, woman appointed at perhaps 33, and she was out of San Diego. But the story on that is that it was an accident. I'm not sure if that story is correct. Right, But, right. but yes, uh, Janet uh, Kittner, okay. a friend of my dad's, actually, oh, wow. from way back when. So I don't know. You Janet, know. if you can clear that up for us. Right? Yeah, me, she's a very me. nice lady. She was a judge for a long time. But <laughs> those were the rumors from the courthouse, and there's lots of rumors. In I can imagine. Oh, there's no secrets in a courthouse. I can imagine. That's, <laughs> I'm watching, what am I watching on Netflix now? That uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, and, yeah, I want to watch that. And one of the things that, I mean, I'm sure it's drama up for TV, but one of the things one of the attorneys said was, there's no secrets. You know, everybody knows everything. Because one guy got mad at somebody for saying something, and she's like, what are you talking about? Everybody talks about everything. Oh, yeah, there's no secrets in a courthouse. The bailiffs talk to the bailiffs, talk to the clerks, talk to this. So, uh, now, at eight, were you pretty sure you were going to be an attorney, or did you have any other... No, never, never wavered you never from thought, that. Never wow, wavered that's from that. Incredible. Yeah. So at eight, I decided. Because I'm 58, and I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I told you I was a nerd. I'm not yeah. a liar. If anything, I'm not a liar. Wow. All right. Well, we see what got you to the bench. We're gonna take a quick break right now, get everything reset, and then we'll come back and find out how your time on the bench. Talk about your whistleblowing. Yeah. And then we're gonna talk about your post judge activities. Love it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with my guest today, Judge. All right, no, do we call you Judge or do I call you Esquire? Oh, I've been called a lot worse things than Judge or judge. Esquire. So um, <laughs> uh, you can call me anything but Al. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with Judge Deanne Salcido Esquire after the break. Here comes the Judge. And we are back. So here you are, a young attorney, filing to be a judge, getting your paperwork in order. How many interviews did you go through? Is it did, how many people? I mean, 
I don't know at all the process. So give me like the thumbnail sketch. Like at a, if I'm applying at Taco Bell, I got to talk to like the assistant manager. Then he'll send me like HR, and then I'll probably. I mean, it's Taco Bell, so I'll get hired. I'm, I'm assuming it's a little more than that. Oh yeah, it's okay. a multiple page document. They pretty much want to know like your whole life story, like you do, right? right. And then, um, you know, your attitude towards the law, uh, significant cases of um, uh, accomplishments, board memberships, articles uh, written, presentations made, uh, everything, so they can make sure. You haven't been a loon or doing right. something right. that's going to embarrass the governor. Does it go then to a committee? <coughs> Excuse me. That's all right. I'll cut that out. No one will ever know. <coughs> well, now. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, now sorry. you're texting me. So sorry. <laughs> um, it. Well, I had an unusual path, again, because I had been president of the Lawyers Club, and I caught the attention of someone who worked at the governor's office. Oh, nice. So she actually... Um, had her office call me and ask me to apply. And, you know, I was so naive in this process. I thought, wow, that's very nice of her. I, you know, I thought like, okay, I will. But then I got a reminder call like in two weeks going like, Miss um, Shank is asking me to remind you she'd like to get your oh, application. Wow. So I was like, She's for reals. Yeah. So, and this was after you're 30, and you put it on your dream board that you were going to yes, do that. Yes, okay. I was about 36 years old. Okay, and she's calling me to apply, and uh, I basically sent my family off for a weekend to get out of my face, take the kids <laughs> to the beach, a see you Sunday night. Um, got all my file stuff together, filled it out, double checked it, spell checked and put it off in the mail, trembling, big old thick envelope to the governor's <laughs> office, and then waited. And yeah. then then I started hearing things in the community. Oh, I heard your applications, this and that. There's a local committee that you have to make okay. it through. Okay. And um, when I did that, there was actually a man on that committee who started the interview before the other person was there, a woman. And he started saying things like, well, why should you be a judge? You don't look intimidating. You don't. Really? So he was making all these judgments about me based upon my appearance. And that's a big no-no. No, -no. no it's, that's absurd. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that interview didn't go well. But when I um, told the rest of the committee about the questions I was asked before the other person arrived, they granted me a new interview. Good. So I got a new interview with new people, and then I basically cleared that hurdle to get vetted by the state committee. And then you go to a commission that sends out to everybody on your application, judges, lawyers, opposing counsel, a form for them to say good or bad things about you. So at any of these points, you could stumble? I mean... Absolutely. Like, a lot of people never make it out of local committee. Okay. And then local, then the Then thing, you go then statewide, right. make sure there's nothing in your history that's going to embarrass the governor. Right. And then before they even submit your name to the commission um, for judicial nominees, there's an actual state commission. Okay. Uh, they've done their own checking on you. So that's why being appointed by the governor is considered more prestigious oh. as opposed to just a popularity contest. Right. Right. where the person with the most cash resources or yeah. did the most recent big news case can yeah. win the election. Okay, and and what percentage are appointed and what percentage are elected, roughly? 
Uh, I would say it's about 60 appointed to 40, 40 elected. elected. Now, and we can vote judges out. I should know that, but or do they have term you can, limits or do they have terms? It's a six-year term. Okay. And if a judge retires with less than, I think it's just around two years remaining on their term, mm -hmm. the governor appoints someone to fill the rest of that okay. term. And so that's where those appointments come from. Right. Um, if a judge retires with more than two years, then it goes up for a special election or at the next election. And so that's a little political secret that um, yeah. judges can sometimes let whoever they want to take over their right, seat. Right. They can time their retirement, give them the heads up, yeah. and then they court key endorsements right. from the necessary political animals uh. in the state before anybody else knows that judge it's is going to off. retire yeah. so it's a little secret way that a judge can almost pick, pick their successor, successor. Yeah. and traditionally that's how a lot of the male judges got to be elected see here we go with the man yeah, i'm just telling you this traditionally saying, it it's like, true it sounds like male bashing <laughs> it, it, well, it it's, it's a little bias <laughs> there fits, right? <laughs> yeah. um and then finally you get the call how did, did you get a letter? Oh, yeah. Did you get a phone call? How well, did you find out? Well, after going through all that, you know, I kept hearing, oh, rumors, oh, the governor's going to do something, and then the, I would hear the opposite. Oh, no, they're, he's not going to appoint any more prosecutors, or you're done until next year, la, la, right. la. So I just remember just trying to put it out of my head, and I went to lunch, came back, and there was a call, message for me. This is obviously, I didn't take my cell phone or anything. Right. This is 2002. So um, at lunch, anyway... <laughs> I get this message and I'm like, okay, they want to, they want the commission to appoint me, wants to talk to me. So I'm like, okay, I'll call. And all my coworkers knew, ah, all oh, the clerks, knew? all ah, the secretary ah. knew. And they were watching me like at the doorway, like little mice watching Cinderella get ready for the ball. <laughs> and then they were watching me on the phone. And this is, this is so funny. I, I thought I blew it before I even got sworn in. So they're watching me and they're like trying to be excited for me. And I give them the thumbs up like, okay, it's happening, right? Because right. they're trying to see like, is this the call? And so I give them the big thumbs up and they're like, oh, great. And then at the end of the call, after they tell me the governor is going to be pleased to announce that you're appointed, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, but don't tell anybody yet. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just like. You don't understand. I just told my secretary right, through it. Right. I'm like, but I'm like, oh, so, oh my God. But no, it, it, everything went fine. So I then, didn't, so. Uh, when when are you allowed to tell somebody? How long after do you have to the keep press releases issued? Okay. And then, um, and how then long between the call and the it, press release? They said it could take up to five days, and so oh. I had to like wait five days. But I think they did mine like in three, so I was okay. like, Phew, I made it. So did you tell anybody? Only the staff, and then at right. a time, my scoundrel of an of an ex husband. Yeah, he knew. <laughs> so uh, now is he a scoundrel when you told him? Yeah, but I didn't know it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so happy, happy thirty seven year old judge. Uh, tell me about some some cases. Just I mean, did you get any? Like, did you watch The Office? The Scranton Strangler was a big yeah you know but it, were um, there any like famous not even famous but just interesting cases that... well as a new judge they don't give you like the you have to work your way right, up to those right. famous murder cases and right. things like that so i was given a family court assignment that's the low person on the totem okay. pole's job that's so sad. it is sad that's what i was just gonna say yeah. it shows you how the hierarchy of the court system is they put the newest judges in there 
And um, another tip for your listeners is any judge that's already done family court and then comes back to family court is typically planning to retire. And ask me how I know that. How do you know that? (laughs) Because I asked a judge. He came back and I was brand new. And I said, why are you coming back? You got out. What are you doing? You're free. You're out. You're free. And he looked at me like I was an idiot. And he goes, because I'm getting ready to retire. Still no light bulb over my head. Right. So then he goes, I plan to be a private mediator. I need to get my name and face in front of these attorneys again. So they'll hire me as a private judge. Nice. Okay. Um, so still didn't answer the question. Talk about an interesting oh. case. <laughs> oh, oh, so what I, well, you said it's a brand new judge. That was you don't get anything oh, really. Okay. It's just family court. Um, to me, the most interesting cases was when I did criminal law and, and I had more fun actually with the misdemeanor cases. You may, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. You said uh, misdemeanor cases were more challenging than felonies. Yeah. I found them a lot harder because obviously if someone commits a murder or commits a rape or armed burglary, you know what you're going to do to them. You're going right. to send them to prison. Right. right? Okay. It's, it's a no brainer. Right. So you don't, that's easy. It's- but it's the misdemeanors that you have to figure out. Like, is this someone who I need to scare straight? Right. Or is this someone who's already had that benefit and needs to learn their lesson? Right. right. And so you need yeah. to find the right consequence for well, how the much, individual. How much leeway do you have? How much? You have a lot. Do you really? You have a lot. You... So do you think that gets misused at all? Absolutely. Okay. Um, absolutely. Did you ever misused. misuse it? Not that I could confess to. Okay. I not that I'm aware of. I, right, right. I it was I a sol- no, it was a solemn, especially you in criminal. Yeah. I took it very seriously, and yeah. I I enjoyed misdemeanors because you could, you know, you could do things yeah. like make them write an essay, or okay. you could send them to a coroner's office back then to oh. look at DUI bodies yeah. in the morgue, and you know, so you could be a lot more creative. Yeah. Now with misdemeanors, I'm a hundred percent in favor of that, and I think. As a society, we need to do a better job of preventing crime and catching at-risk youths and especially youths who commit misdemeanors <laughs> and finding a way to try and reach them and set some effective milestones or goalposts for them to reach or, you know, yes. and, not, and not just all about punishment. You know, I think... Or fines that fund the, the court. Yeah, the, yeah. And and that's the thing, too, is the, the whole financial money justice thing is a whole podcast on its own it's gigantic industry that needs to keep being fed yeah that monster and what is that one that says feed me seymour feed me seymour feed Feed me me now yeah so there's some issues there though we can talk about for yeah 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 and probably should there should be somebody people are talking about it i don't have to be the only one to solve that problem and do you do you have one k and again this all could be edited so don't worry about it do you have a case where, like, you know this was a good kid who did a bad thing and your treatment of him or accountability or whatever it was helped him and put him or her and put him, put them on the right track? I absolutely do. And this was a case where it was a her. And, of course. Um, you got to help the women. Yeah. <laughs> she had actually <laughs> been, uh, I, I suspect, maybe being a paid escort. Oh, my. Um, instead of using her brain to make money. Yeah. Uh, and her, she had 
been passed over and passed over for probation violations and I wasn't going to give her another chance. I was tired of her file that said continued for more time to do community service, right, this right, and that. Right. So um, I pretty much had her um, stay after court one day and I'm trying to remember the details. Hold on one second. I remember she w I gave her 30 days to find a job. Or she was going to jail for 30 days. And I said, there's no further extensions. This is it. And then when I told her that, her mom was in the audience. And her mom was, thank you, judge. She said oh, wow, out loud. Good. She was like, thank you, judge. And I said, and then she goes, but my daughter doesn't know how to do a resume. And I said, well, that's fair enough. You stay after court today, and I will help you with oh, your resume. Awesome. And I actually did help her with her resume. I wouldn't Roughly. say she's about 23. Okay. Anyway, 30 days goes by, she comes back, and as proud as can be, she's in actual nursing scrubs. Oh. She had enrolled in one of those courses to be a physician's right. assistant, and she got me the proof that I needed that she was going to school right. and doing all this, and she she got in, enrolled, and she was so proud of that. Um, and I remember, because she was trying to tell me she was looking for a job, and she had just come from an interview before, and I told her, I don't believe you. You're not serious because, and she goes, what? And I was like, you got hoochie shoes on. She goes, what? I go, you got hoochie shoes you on. You said hoochie shoes in court? I said hoochie shoes in court. Okay. <laughs> I go, those shoes tell anybody that you're not looking to work, right. uh, that yeah. you're looking to get paid a different way. Right. Those are not serious job applicant shoes. Yeah. And that's why her mom was like, thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> How she called you Jesus? <laughs> well, she was out know. loud in the court. She was like, "Amen, my prayers have been answered." Yeah, and it's it's hard, and I don't know the answer. I mean, obviously that mom cares, and she wanted something good to happen, and there was just some level of disconnect or or something at some point where she could she couldn't get the message to her daughter. A lot of judges sometimes think they're doing people a favor by giving them another chance. Yeah. And you and I, as experienced parents, know there's a time for chances and there's yeah. a time for consequences. Right. Right. And some judges hadn't hadn't saw a very lovely young lady in front of them, but couldn't see their brain within. Yeah, that went along with it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's. And again, in a perfect world, in a, in, in a great world, great justice system, that's what you want is because I think sometimes judges either always give chances or always bring the hammer down. You know, and again, I'm speaking out of school, but, you know, instead of using some discretion and saying, sometimes you need the carrot, sometimes you need the stick. Yeah. And know, that's and, what I liked about misdemeanors. Yeah. Because you could, you could you use could, a carrot. You could you decide it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. So we're going to take one more break real quick. And then you were a whistleblower. Yeah. And that caused all kinds of kerfuffle. First sitting judge to become a whistleblower. Wow. We are going to talk about that in just a minute. We're going to talk to whistleblower Deanne Salcedo. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> through the magic of podcasts and we're talking off mic a little bit about hoochie shoes and <laughs> and that ties nicely into the whistleblower why don't you why don't you give me a little outline uh of the whole the whole process of the whistleblower saga 
Sure. Um, the quick summary is that I was in a criminal court assignment and doing a lot of domestic violence cases. As a judge. As a judge, okay. doing a lot of domestic violence cases. I handled all of the misdemeanor domestic violence review hearings. Everybody on probation had to take a class, had to show proof of attendance at the class. If they didn't, I was my decision to decide, give them another chance or go to jail. Right. All right. So... I started noticing a pattern of other judges who were doing what were not just plea bargains that I disagreed with, but really, truly illegal plea bargains under the statute, not allowed. Give me an example. Uh, Not requiring them, if they were a probation officer or law enforcement officer, not requiring them to turn in their firearms. Um, if, uh, they had a good private defense attorney, not requiring them, the children to be on the restraining order. Um, uh, from a so they, right. yeah. So things that were required by the statute, there was no discretion. It was right. mandatory, a must, right. not a may. Uh, yeah. so anything like that. And I was starting to see it. So I was correcting their sentences and putting the must in it instead of the may. Right. And I was correcting what I saw as an incorrect sentencing. So what ended up happening is those defense attorneys would no longer let me handle those cases. They called it um, challenging or papering. They would paper Salcedo so that I couldn't hear it. And, um, it got to be to the point where I was reviewing cases that other judges knowingly had handled, but that defense attorney didn't contemplate that they were still going to come before me for the probation Secondary review. Part, right. Right. So I started gathering the proof of all these uh, other judges that were doing these illegal plea deals, brought it to my supervisor's attention so he could correct it with them. Okay, I, hang on. So that's a the. Judges judge? The boss of judges? Yes, the so, manager judge? Yes. What's the... The hierarchy? Yes. Okay, all of San Diego, we might have 150 judges. There's the presiding judge okay. for all of them. Then there's okay. an assistant presiding judge. It's okay. two-year terms. Then each courthouse has like a supervising judge for that courthouse. Okay. And then each division has a supervising for family, a supervising for criminals, supervising okay. for probate. Okay. So I took it to my supervising judge for criminal. Okay. And I said, hey, look, we got this problem. These are the what the law says. This is what's happening. I'm having to repeatedly correct it. It's causing a problem. Can you let the other judges know what the statute says? Right. You know, so and he tells me, don't worry about it. Oh, let worst. let this keep happening. You're correct about what the law is, but we don't want to interfere with plea bargains. All right. So he's telling me to just pretend that my eyes don't see what right, they, what see, they see and just go along with the program. Well, that's not my nature. No. <laughs> and and not again. We could debate forever how much latitude in what cases should be, but the the protection for all of us is the sacred letter of the law. It has to be equally applied. Right. And, and not because of who you know right. or what your job title is. Right. And so I was finding that depending on who you knew or who your job title was, you were getting results that the law said you should not get. Yeah. And so that was becoming a problem because then my fellow judges had to pick up that casework when they were papering me oh. or the person that paid for that private better deal wasn't getting the benefit anymore because I was undoing it. Right. Now, okay, so in your circuit of judges, your teammates, so to speak, on your level, 
What was their reaction? Were they? They were angry at me for exposing um, that they were going along with the program so that I many, wasn't willing to. So how many? How many? Roughly on the on the team. This would have group. been at the Alcohol Courthouse at first, and there would have been maybe 15, 20 judges that and, were going along with the program. Oh wow! And how many? I mean, did anybody say, good job, it's about time somebody said something? No, I was told uh, to stop. I was going, that my career was going to be cut short if I didn't learn to go with the program. That's horrible. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Um, so I was being told to basically ignore the law. Just don't worry about it. And he literally told me, you just handle those cases. Those are Chevy cases. When they graduate to felony domestic violence, we'll give them the Cadillac treatment. What's, what, what, it seems like they're getting a Cadillac treatment if they're getting... Thank you. Well, what, you know, <laughs> what he didn't understand is I grew up with my family, my cousins exposed to domestic violence, and I knew that my parents didn't do that, but my cousins were exposed to it. And their lives were then full of gangs and alcohol yeah. and drugs because they wanted to get out of the house right. too early. I was home safe, and I knew that, but for the grace of God, there go I. Right. So misdemeanor domestic violence cases can ruin a community, can ruin a family. And so I wasn't willing to just turn my cheek. So that made my fellow judges mad at me, made my supervising judge mad at me because he kept getting complaints from the defense attorneys that I was ruining their plea deals. And he called me in to yell at me more than once and I wouldn't change my tune. Mm. I even wrote a memo, said, look, this is what the law is. And he was like, you're right, but I'm telling you to do something different. Wow. Now... Did the media get involved? Should we should we call like sixty minutes or something? Let's get. At one point, the NBC News did get involved when I called a press conference to announce my whistleblower. But just like you see whistleblowers across the nation, they yeah. always try to find dirt on them yep. or yeah. create something out of nothing. That's what I said earlier hoochie about shoes. the hoochie shoes. That's what that brought story you down. came up, and yeah, exactly the hoochie shoes. You were brought down by the hoochie shoes. By hoochie shoes and by Hollywood becoming interested in me. Oh, someone's gonna do your life story or something? They want. Um, no, I had been oh. boxing at lunch, and somebody knew somebody, and they because people used to love to come watch me in court, even the people I put in jail. They oh, well. love to watch me in short because I would actually talk to people and try to give them a lesson or tell them, like, right. do something. And I would actually see a person, not just a case number. Right. Right. So I would have sent people to jail and they would come back and I'd be like, why are you here? And they would say things like, judge, I just needed to hear your advice again, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so awesome. word got around that, you know, I was interesting and that I wasn't boring. Right. And, uh, you know, they said I was easy on the eye. I have a I have a nephew who works. Let me have him come film you. So long story short, got everybody's permission. No problem. Come on this day. And when I did my whistleblower thing, then they used that attempted filming as a reason to say she's not fit for the job. And they used that wow. to get me off the bench. Wow. By bringing all kinds of claims, saying I demean people by using hoochie shoes. But they didn't tell the whole story, which was I stayed after hours to help that person with her resume that she right. was very proud of uh, the results of that right. personal effort and that it wasn't done to demean her, but it was done to call her out for lying to my face. Right. And what bothers me the most, and I mean this across the board in every specter of politics and everything else, is the people accusing you of this. I guarantee 
didn't give a damn about the girl in the hoochie shoes. But they found that inflammatory language that they could pretend to be upset about and then try and make other people upset about it. You know, that that kills me, the hypocrisy of of politics when yes. people you know you, if you care bingo, about you nailed it you yeah, nailed it if you care about something i'm 100 percent in favor of it. like if judge judy said take those hoochie shoes off i'd be like yeah i don't know you know judge that's not right. you know that's right. not really authentic from you that's a little from her uh, yeah. right exactly right and it's not the language that that 23 year old woman would respond to from Judge Judy. A Judge Judy, right, or yeah. or a Mister whatever, you know, and and I think that that nuance is getting lost in the politics. Well, I mean, you make a good point because I've often thought to myself that people, citizens, need to decide. They complain that judges are out of touch. They right. complain that judges don't know what it's really like right. to live in this world. They're in their elite ivory towers. Right. So you have to, like, even when I said hoochie shoes, you're like, you said that in court, right? Right. <laughs> so you, Antonio, you're a good, solid American citizen doing your part to make this world better every day that I've seen. Wow, thank you. No, you are. And so, but you have to decide, do you want an ivory tower statue judging right. your fellow citizens? Or do you want someone who maybe actually knows that when you say you had a hit on a joint that when you say that it's a lie to say that you didn't feel anything because she knows what it's right. like to have a hit on right. a joint. Right. Okay. So Unless people have Clinton to decide. Who didn't inhale. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we're, that's a lie, right? <laughs> right. That's but a lie. But you wouldn't know unless you've tried it. Right. 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 <laughs> so people now, have to decide. I can honestly say I've never inhaled a cigarette because I just a couple times I don't smoke obviously and I yeah. I mean not obviously Me but either. I don't smoke yeah. and but when I pretended with friends to be cool to have a cigarette even just sucking it into my mouth would make me cough let alone <laughs> into my lungs and people knew 10 seconds into it this dude doesn't smoke and finally right. after two or three times it was quick I said you know what I just don't smoke right. and it's fine I don't have to you know and but again the conversation and and the culture and growing up in different environments and around different people it's it's not bad it's not negative like now okay perfect example movie blazing saddles okay hilarious movie right and it uses the n-word like 157 times but people who say that's a racist movie are stupid <laughs> because the the black characters in this movie are the most intelligent most well-spoken you know, and when people use that word, it's used to make someone look stupid, and Foolish. it's usually the white guy. Yes. And and so, to, you know, and again, now if you read the transcript, and you just say, hoochie shoes. Right. Or you say the N-word 157 times. Good point. You go, okay, whoa. You're guilty whoa. of racism, or right. you're guilty of right. demeaning right. conduct, yes. judge. Yes, Right? Right. But if you don't look at the intent at or the, context, the big context. Yeah, exactly. And So that's what happened. Yeah, and that's... That's terrible. So, yeah. You're exactly right, though. You nailed it. They were looking for something to take out of context. Yeah. So, what I was telling you about how I became a whistleblower, so I saw all those cases, and the 
criminal attorneys were telling my supervisor, Salcedo's messing up our plea bargains. So I copied all these cases and I was finding the same victims were coming back before me on, Mm. uh, uh, you know, elder abuse cases. That's a form of domestic violence. Of course. And but the D.A. was just giving them the same deal over and over. They could take one course, one size fits all, even though they were competing or committing new crimes while on probation. And I wasn't willing to be a part of it. So I wasn't honoring that and I I was causing problems so that's how come I became a whistleblower is I knew that they were complaining about me not letting me hear these cases and my fellow judges were getting mad taking on my workload but yet because they weren't following the law is why the defense attorneys were going to them if they would just follow the law like I did they wouldn't have had another place to go they went to the weak link yeah so I filed a whistleblower action just asking the Court of Appeals, not for money, but just saying, direct my colleagues to follow the domestic right. violence statute as it's written. And it was thrown out on technicalities. But ever since that point, my colleagues acted like I was a leper, like yeah. I couldn't be spoken to. And I wasn't I was treated worse than they they would pass me in the hall and not talk to me. They would not let me hear cases. They put me on ice, basically. See, and my whole thing is, first of all, I support the letter of the law and all that stuff. But if Plaintiff A comes in and you have, if Hoochie Shoes comes in and you make (laughs) an agreement with Hoochie Shoes, it's maybe a little outside the norm, but again, legal. Legal. And... Hoochie Shoes cleans her up racks, cleans up racks and gets a job. That's fantastic. If Hoochie Shoes beats her mom or grandma, and then you go a little bit outside, okay. But then she comes back. To me, it's like you get one DUI. It's pretty bad news. You get more than one DUI, that's a you problem, and you need to lose your license. And right. you know, if you if you commit domestic violence. Once is too many. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't yeah, try. I you know, but you but, know, we don't throw people in jail immediately for right, their first offense. Right. And but twice is a is a trend. Three times is a, is unforgivable. Tony, we had people with five six cases beating up on their elderly parents. Uh, we had a person beating up on the mother of his children three four times. And as long as each one was a misdemeanor, the DAs were giving them deals that they weren't authorized to give under the law, and yeah. I wouldn't go along with it. And I was being told that by not going along with it, I was causing them not to have enough courtroom space for the felony trials. Just wait till they graduate to felonies. Was the, But the... see, then that by then, we're going to have the family broken apart. We're going to have yep. kids on drugs. We're going to have them walk in the street. People and in the hospital. I, right. Mean, all kinds of we have to yeah. wait till somebody gets hurt before we treat it serious. So yeah. that's the problem. That is a problem. That's fascinating. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll work on a movie uh, <laughs> on this. And then we'll jazz it up and we'll make some of those people look really bad. Okay. Okay. can do that. Yes. <laughs> I sleep like a baby. All I know is yeah, I, you I, know I, everything that's... I did, I did with good intentions. Right. And that's, to me, that's the litmus test at the end of the day is, is did you do everything with the right intentions? Yes. And you did know, I do it was... perfectly? No. But of with the right intentions? Right. Yes. Right. So after you were, uh, what's the word? Leopardized? No. When you were, uh. <laughs> You know, there's a word I'm looking for. Maybe I'll edit it. Ostracize. 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 That's the word I'm looking for. When you're ostracized, (laughs) 
you decided to get into divorce, and I quote um, from your thing, it says, because the area of the public needs the most assistance with, especially if you are a protective parent. What, what do you mean by a protective parent? What is well, that? Thank you for asking. A protective parent is someone who says the children, if left alone with the other parent, are being exposed to either violence or sex abuse or drug addictions of the other parent. So they're trying to protect the parent or the child, I'm sorry, from that parent that has drug, alcohol, sex issues. Okay. So, and and again, what I'm about to ask, I'm sure is a distinct minority, if at all. Do parents use something like that, like hoochie shoes? Would somebody say, oh, he was high and he had the kids the other night? And maybe it's not necessarily typical. Maybe it's not in context. Would people use that as a, quote, protective parent and use that as a as a tool? Well, I wouldn't say as a tool. There's a s- national studies by the CDC and Kaiser and other expected, um, respected uh, professionals that talk about the fact that only 2% of family court cases actually involve allegations that are false okay. regarding sex abuse, drugs, or addiction. Right. 2%. Wow. 2%. See, and that's that's important. But the the nation thinks it's more right. like Half. you know eighty yeah. percent or something you know <laughs> yeah. because those are the ones that are popularized right. right the ones that stick out so then you decided to become a divorce no what what is what's your yeah, title I'm a divorce attorney I'm a family court attorney okay you know? and and then do you ever go to some of the same judges that yes yes and do you In feel fact. like you get fair treatment. <laughs> I was worried about that at first. I was uh-huh. worried about what would happen, not to me so much. Uh, you know, I called a press conference on the courthouse steps. I'm not too scared of them. Right. But I was more concerned about my clients. Of course. And be able to serve their needs. So uh, to my happy surprise, um, those judges that were my colleagues knew that I, they know I knew what I was talking right. about. Right. They knew I was smart and I know the law. Right. And I was a good attorney and I still am. Okay. So, um I have not had an issue where I have been negatively impacted. Um, There's a couple of judges, like the one I told you who said, you know, don't worry about Chevy Justice. I'll give Cadillac Justice. Right, right. I would never appear in front of him. I would challenge him. You would paper him. I would paper him. See? I'm learning the lingo. Yeah, exactly. You would paper him. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) I just have to know who those are and steer clear. And is that a minority? Yes. Okay, good. So you yeah. have a pretty free uh, reign. Yeah, right? and plus I handle cases throughout California. Okay. Now, are you like Better Call Saul? What's your... Um, <laughs> well, like how, how does... Hopefully, like if somebody's listening and they're going through a tough time, do you want them to call you? Of course. They could go to my website, um, hls-sd for San Diego.com. Okay, okay. hls... Uh, for Honorable Legal services okay hls-sd for san diego.com okay yeah. good make sure if i forget remind me at the end so okay. say it again on the way out and okay so i'm having trouble and i'm not making light of this i'm just trying to keep it in a bubble my wife is beating me up i need help what's the what's the first step and we have kids young kids my kids are growing out but yeah so we're gonna you're gonna call me we're gonna set up an appointment we'll have a consultation i'm gonna give you like all of the options. I like to do like informed consent. I tell you option A, B, and C. Okay. You figure out which one's 
one, in your budget. Right. Two, uh, I inform you of all the benefits and the risks of each option between door number one, door number right. two, door number three. You decide which one, after conferring with me, uh, fits your needs. And that's not only your budget. All right, stop. My but, wife just yeah. found out. I went to an <laughs> Now what? Your, your wife just found out what? That I went to an attorney and oh. that I'm serious about this. Oh, well, now you better make sure you withdraw some money so you have some cash available. Okay. <laughs> and that uh, if we need to change the locks because she's been beating on you, we need to get a restraining order right away. Come on in. Let's sign this paperwork. We do a lot of it electronically these days. Okay. So you never even have to leave the comfort of your own phone. We can send it to your phone, the paperwork. Okay. And then would you... And I'm... T- I don't want to make light of this, right? And I don't want to genderize it, but if I'm legitimately worried, are there places I can go? Are there resources? And there can... are places um, like a man could go to. Most woman, of the right, most or... of the shelters are for, for women. women. I'm not going to lie, right? yeah, because course. they have to segregate them based sure. upon gender. Um, but the restraining order allows for what we call a move out order, so you can have someone removed from the house. Okay, and how so, fast can I get one of those? Within like the same day that we apply for it wow we just do it the next court day uh-huh. so it's within 24 hours and okay. in the meantime if there was tr- like a physical assault we have you call the police the police issue an emergency protective order that lasts for up to seven days until we can get that restraining order put in place which will last for up to 21 days until okay. the hearing awesome now the sad thing is and when i grew up my mom would take uh, my dad was a minister. My mom would take in battered women, and she worked at a battered shelter. And the high risk women she'd bring to our house. And so we, a couple of times, had, and not a lot. My memory is maybe three or four times, but women who had been abused. And my mom always told my sisters in particular, but all of us, do something now while it's small. You, you know, like again, somebody loses their temper and slaps your crotch. If somebody was Will Smith. You know, <laughs> Chris Rock, you know, okay, that's in a, okay, it's wrong, it's bad, okay. If that's the only instance or whatever, then decide if you're going to do anything. If it happens twice, you make a beeline and you take care of it immediately. And yeah. it's decisively. Yeah. Um, that was great advice for your mom. And unfortunately, a lot of people find themselves financially dependent on the person who yeah. abuses them, yeah. which is why I've always advocated Get your own money. <laughs> then you don't have to stay with someone that you don't want to stay yeah. with. Oh, and that's yeah. And then there's the kids and manipulation right. and they're yeah. vulnerable. They're, a lot of abusers pick people who are already feeling not good about themselves so they don't think they can get anybody else. Right. So there's a lot of dynamics. Wow. That's uh that's awful. Yes, it is it's a problem. This is why we have such problems in our community with yeah. guns and, and drugs and alcohol and prostitution. Because people don't want to be at home. It's not safe to be at home. Yeah. So are you like uh, Queen Latifah in The Equalizer that when they don't have anybody else to call, they call you? I'm like the one that um, a lot of people have been taken advantage of by their family law attorney. There's a lot of attorneys there that will spend a lot of money and do nothing. Um, And then as soon as that person runs out of money, they're like, I need somebody else. And then they call me. But. (laughs) Um, but I offer like a variety of services. I offer like do-it-yourself assistance. So if okay. someone wants to like handle it in court and they can comfortably do it, right. they just want to make sure they don't screw themselves over. I'm a resource. I'm like okay. a living library for them. Nice. Um, and we do that at a lower rate. And but then we do full service and go to court for them too. But um, do you have family and friends hit you up ever? 
Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> they're the worst. Yes. I, know, I love right? you, family, and I love you, friends, yeah. but they're the worst. Same with my pool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just need a few minutes. It's going to take yeah. two minutes. I don't like even like to tell people I'm a lawyer at parties or right. anything. I'm like, no. All right. Well, I'm going to, my own. <laughs> my wife's been hitting me so yeah right yeah. yeah i don't believe it for a second i know you guys love each other yeah uh we do we do honey yes. that's a joke if you yes <laughs> um okay that's enough about domestic violence and such. yeah wow right <laughs> so we're gonna take one more break then we're gonna come back just a little bit more last short segment talk about you and things you like personal interests and then the electric chair question okay You've committed a capital crime <laughs> You got to tell me the way you're going out. So we will be right back with Advocate Deanne Salcedo. Okay. I'm going to give you a new title every break. I like it. Okay. I, it works for me. And we're back for our final segment, Get to Know a Judge. Don't judge me, monkey. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So let's see. Right now, you some of the things on your docket on your future your plans you want to build a pool i do want to build a pool okay, don't call me don't i'm call not going to call you for legal Come advice on. don't call, don't call <laughs> you how about your staff <laughs> yeah now i know i know some builders so if you need to talk we'll, we'll definitely get you hooked up and you want to exercise more and a potential way is pickleball tell me about that oh yeah our neighbors we have some new neighbors i moved out to um granite hills we have a nice acre out there wow so i want to build a pool and our neighbors have their own pickleball court wow have you ever played is pickleball it, i have not i've seen it and i've actually talked it's 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 coming up it's I mean, very it's, fun it's yeah. like a combination between ping pong and tennis. Yeah, and and the ball, the like tennis, you spend too much time chasing the ball, unless you know you're in fancy. Yeah. pickleball is a little more. Yeah, it's like two people on the court, right. so one's got the front and one's got the back, yeah. and it's really fun. A lot yeah. of good exercise. A uh, good friend of mine, Alan Weiss. Shout out, Alan. He, uh, they just built a pickleball court. In their it's very popular sport, yeah. up and coming. Yeah, that's that's all the rage. And then you're a recovered Charger fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a recovered Charger fan. I'm a Rams fan. I that's... I'm still yes, we're the Super Bowl champions, <laughs> and I can actually say that for real. Wow. So it says since uh, 2018. So you're not fresh on the bandwagon. You didn't jump on the Super Bowl season. No, no, no. And uh, says so some of your favorite players are Matt Stafford, uh, LT. That's a Charger. Yeah. Well, he's still Aaron, my favorite. Aaron Donald. And whoever tackles Tom Brady. Yes, I can't stand the guy. I mean, I know he's great and all, he but is. I'm so tired of him. He's everywhere. Yeah, Get off of my screen. He's got too much. He's got enough. He's got yeah. a, a Victoria's Secrets model for a wife. He's got yeah, a former too... actress for another baby mama. Right. He's perfect, got like, perfect children. Like, come on. Let somebody else is... enjoy it. And he just you signed... retired. Stay he, retired. He just signed a 10-year $370 million contract for announcing that whenever he retires they're like you want to play another year or two that's fine oh, so, don't get me started on him please my heart's going up my heart rate <laughs> please no Matt Stafford a no look like yeah. toss are you kidding me who does that in the Super Bowl but Matt Stafford <laughs> now did okay? you, have you seen his commercial for yeah AT the phone one yeah. oh my god yeah I love it yeah <laughs> he's too. really good he is. He, and I've Aaron Donald is the reason I'm a Rams fan I saw oh. him playing and I'm like that man's a beast I yeah. can follow his team nice and he got us the ring <laughs> <laughs> so the Chargers won a Super Bowl what's your reaction I'm happy for the Charger fans. My son Daniel is a Charger yeah. fan, but um, as long as they're owned by the Spanos family, yeah. I on the yeah. Spanos family. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, <laughs> I, you. I, 
would have a hard if Spanos move. Spanos can't move the Chargers back to San Diego. The the city would re, the the fans everyone would reject it. Yeah, we don't um, want them. Keep them. If the Chargers moved back without Spanos, it'd Welcome be the biggest back. home run in the world. Yeah. they'd have waiting lists for years for tickets and all that. You know he's getting sued by his own family, right? I know it's <laughs> it's that drama is insane. All right, here's a little um little uh, question: this or that? Okay, a couple okay. things. So tell me. Which is better? And give me a little background if you can, if it if it inspires you. Okay. you know, so it's not just a one-word answer, but Seinfeld or I Love Lucy? Oh, totally Seinfeld. Seinfeld? Why? Yeah. Um, I just, I love the nothingness of it, this, the inaneness <laughs> of these conversations. Whereas Lucy is more, like, situational, and I love her physical humor. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely Seinfeld. Okay. Platoon versus Saving Private Ryan. Ooh, that's hard because the end of Platoon where he's on his knees and being chased by the VC is always gut-wrenching. But Saving Private Ryan when he, they're dying on the beach calling for mom. Oh, that's... This, I can't, I can't choose. They, choose. they both got me a heartbreaking uh, moments. All right, I'll let you off with that one. Nice, <laughs> nice judge. Can't make a decision. Yeah, that one's uh, hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> ACDC versus the Eagles. Oh, God darn it. <laughs> um, Probably the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. I just because they have more songs I can. They have a deep. Catalog. Yeah, they have deep. more songs that can capture every mood. Yeah, AC. It's funny. ACDC was when I was in high school and I got my my car stereo, seventy two Volkswagen Bug. Oh. And I was one of the first people to like put the platform across the back and then put the speakers oh, up in the platform. Cool. And the car cost me $600, and the stereo cost me $800. <laughs> and had an equalizer in the glove compartment, Bumping. power booster. and I, I a love bug. I thought I was way cooler than yeah, I was. Yeah, you were a love bug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about Halsey versus Dua Lipa? Oh, those are good ones, too. Uh, probably Dua Lipa. Okay, how come? Uh, I like the way she dresses. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Pink versus Lady Gaga. Ooh, Lady Gaga, and I like her, I like her. Um, I like how she has a big genre. She can go anywhere from yeah. Tony Bennett, yeah. you know, to like rock to everything. She's, yeah, so. she's very. You know what? Pink's underrated. I think on the on the grand scale too. She's very talented. Pink is a badass. She yeah. does all that acrobatic stuff while singing. I mean, yeah. she's a beast too. But yeah. I just uh, again the range of music. And you're planning a trip to Portugal. I am. I try to get whoever I'm talking to. You want to go, Tony? Sure. I, I just <laughs> love, you know, Richard's Portuguese and his mom is from Madeira Island. Oh. And I just would love to go to Portugal yeah. and share that culture with them. Yeah, Richie, my youngest, just went to Ireland today. Well, oh. He just flew out of Canada. Well, he flew here to Canada. Canada to Ireland, Ireland to Germany, Germany to Spain, and he's coming back home. So, And he's going just with a friend. Oh, and I'm always living vicariously br- through your too. family. Brave, <laughs> brave enough to do what we took a trip around the United States on a train. Me and a buddy. We, they back then you had an Ameripass, and you literally wore it like a lanyard. You get on and off Amtrak anytime, anywhere for 45 days. I had a little picture of you oh, on it. They should do that again. They should. I would love um, that. And so we went all over the whole country, and it was crazy. Uh, but again, compared to. Fly. And again, he he bought it. He saved his money. Did everything. Paid for the hotels. Paid for everything. Your and kids are all the international travelers. They I, all have been more places than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's success or yeah, failure. Yeah, I think it is. It's good. Your answer to guilty pleasures killed me. What was it? Um, Cease candies, oh. chocolate, <laughs> black jelly beans, and grabbing my fiance's ass at night while he sleeps. 
<laughs> now he knows. <laughs> yes, now it's not. A, yes, he knows. He, I, I've told him, but like literally, he, he's such a hard sleeper. I literally, I grab it because I'm like, okay, no, he's real. Like I really, I'm like, he exists. He's there, he's and right he, there. he's got a nice soccer butt. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, I remember when I used to have a nice butt. <laughs> oh, stop! I can't look right now. Your wife would kill me. It's, but but no. back in the day, I was I was very proud of the backside. Back in my 20s and 30s, I was. Just... <laughs> but yeah, that is truly my guilty pleasure. Nice, that's hysterical. And then another <laughs> one was popcorn with M and M's. And when I once had a friend who had a friend at, who works for the Lakers, and we went to a Laker game and sat in the owner's box. <laughs> and what do you mean, whatever you want? And the person sitting on the other side of me, who I didn't know, never seen before, yeah, whatever you want, watch. I'm like, I'd like a large popcorn, but fill it halfway with popcorn, then M&M's, and then the rest of the way with oh popcorn. Oh my God, that's yummy. And I'm like... What? <laughs> you never had that before? No. And then when you said popcorn and M&M's, but I'm thinking, I I don't know that I could, I, I could make it, but I don't know that I could ever ask somebody to do that right. for me. At a game, no Yeah, less. exactly. Yeah. It's one thing and, at your aunt's house or something, right, but yes. at a game yeah. with the owner there. Right. And, and, but everybody was ordering it. I mean, it was, wow. and people were just bringing stuff and, and I finally, I think I got like a hot dog or something. <laughs> And a hot dog and a Coke or whatever it was, you know. How funny. But then I literally put that as one of my yes, answers. Yes, that was one of your answers. And yeah. it's like, I. so you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to make popcorn, put some M&Ms in it, mm -hmm. and check it out. No. All right. We have dilly-dallied long enough. Mm -hmm. Now comes the moment of truth. You've committed a capital crime. You're being sentenced to death. You can watch one movie, have one meal, and then put one song in your headphones to play you off to the abyss. What's the movie? Mrs. Doubtfire. How come? I I can't. When she goes, hello. <laughs> so you want, a, See, you want a happy movie. I want a happy movie. Okay. Yeah. Happy movie. Happy and movie. your meal? Uh, it's got to have chocolate. Seas candies, preferably. But um, See, now you didn't put that on your list. I know. Well, I'm th you told me about Seas candies two yeah. minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I put. Did I put steak? No. I don't know. Tacos? No. You had Pizza? an excellent choice. You had risotto with smoked oh. gouda. And chicken apple sausage. That's from Italy. Yeah. And you remember what you had to drink? Yeah, the smoke good. It was a nice glass of wine. Yeah, what kind? And Chianti. Where? No, Malbec Reserve. from Argentina. Oh, see, I yeah, I don't remember. And then your dessert? Pineapple upside down <gasps> cake. Yes, because that's what I've always asked my sons. I'm like, I don't care who your wife is, as long as she knows how to make a, a good pineapple, pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> So we uh, we're we're scarfing down some ris, uh, risotto, risotto, good risotto with, with smoke gouda, sausage and smoke gouda, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, washing it down with a bottle of Malbec. From a Malbec Argentina. from Argentina, and then just finishing the last few bites of uh, pineapple upside down cake. Mm. What's yeah, but it's got to have like the 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 um, sugar, the brown sugar has to be a little crystallized on top. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some walnuts. Too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Actually, I think you described that at some point. Did I? I must I don't know, admit, but I, 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 I mean, like the, I, I, I like crunchy, crunchy. Crunch, yeah. So crunchy. ice cream, smooth or I like Rocky Road or Rocky Road. Rocky like, Road. I like, so. I like stuff in my ice cream. I like either a mint chocolate chip or a Ooh. butter pecan. Would make or, like a shake out of that milk, mint, chocolate mint chocolate chip. chip add no. a little milk. But like what I'm going to do now is make popcorn, put some M&M's, and then a mint plain M&M's, so not the peanut ones. I like peanut. Okay, but with the popcorn, they did, they did plain have, back in the day. Yeah, you got to have the plain okay. with it because the peanut would be too salty with the salt. 
That could be, yeah. Because they did plane back. I remember specifically I mean, watching Obviously, them we're talking gourmet this. food here. Right. I, I know my, my M&M's. Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember distinctly because they, the, they brought this popcorn, and it just looked like a thing of popcorn because they had popcorn, M&M's, popcorn on top. But they brought her the rest of the big, like, one-pound bag of M&M's. And I'm just blown away that human beings could live like this. You know? <laughs> I'm like, you just, you know... It's like the first time I ordered room service in a hotel. I'm like, you're just going to bring me food to my right. room? I, don't have to I can have another towel right. and another blanket. <laughs> right. And it's funny because now the idea of people bringing food, it's people order McDonald's on Uber. I mean, Uber Eats or, you know, whatever. So it's it's not as magic. That's a good point. As it yeah. was, you know, because back then you could get a delivery pizza maybe if you lived. But it was just pizza. Right. Exactly. You could have had it. lobster on a on a room. Yeah, yeah lobster bouillabaisse. I probably could have had lobster at that basketball yeah. game. I bet somebody in that room, and we were gonna go play Pictionary, and it. But the Lakers ended up losing, and he got in a real bad mood. And he slammed the phone, and he walked out. And I'm like, does that mean we're not going to play Pictionary? <laughs> Guess I'm not gonna see his house. <laughs> they're like, no, no Pictionary. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> But that was a that was a pretty cool night. Nice. Okay, so what song are you plugging in your headphones to play you off into the abyss? Mm. I'm probably gonna go with a mariachi song, actually. Okay. Any any particular? a Freddie Fender one? Okay. Uh, wasted days and wasted nights. Wasted days and wasted nights. <laughs> Now you're singing. I know. <laughs> so Freddie, waste now. Again, is there a psychology to that song that you, or is it just a song that you like? That it just gives me it? feeling feisty. So if you're gonna kill me, I'm just gonna be feisty on my way out after my Malbec. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had a wine. He wasn't on for being a wine collector, but he was a guest who was a wine collector also as a hobby. And apparently the Malbec's a pretty popular yeah. brand among people who Yeah, it be kind of spicy know. and nice, you know, so yeah. it goes with the, the mariachi. Okay, and uh, <laughs> pineapple upside down, okay. That's the not walnuts. bad. Walnuts. The walnuts. And the crystallized. just the crystallized right amount of sugar on there. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. That's going to do it for today. I really appreciate you coming in and spending some time with me and our listeners. And let's see, so if you need... You're looking for the best family law lawyer in California. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. They can find you at www.hls-sd.com. Deanne Salcedo. Okay. Do you have any socials or anything that was associated with well, that? We're on Facebook. To... We're on Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah. And one last dls-sd.com. HLS for Honorable Legal Services. What did I say? D. Oh, oh, I was probably trying to. Yeah, it's okay, initials. but H, it's honorable. It's the play on words for okay. me being the only A way judge. to keep my honor right. was to become the formerly honorable well, Deanne yes. Salcedo. Okay, so honorable legal services. H L S hyphen San Diego SD dot com. You got it. All right, and everybody else out there has it. And I appreciate coming in. This is gonna make a wonderful episode. So anybody who needs legal assistance, this is the person. And if you have contacts in the movie industry and you want to make a movie about a whistleblowing boxing judge who said hoochie shoes in court, <laughs> we got your we got your subject. I want to cut if this makes it big. I want to cut. You get a cut. So all right. All so right. any movie producers out there, give me a shout. All right. Thanks, Dan. Say goodbye thanks. to the folks, folks. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. That you're not true. 
For another episode of Tony on the Mic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my sponsors. And you can find more info and episodes at TonyOnTheMic.com. Tony on the Mic on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. All these platforms are slowly becoming populated with quality entertainment products. So check it out. And tell your friends and click and like and subscribe and all that stuff. 